that don't know who I am. Um, I'm one of the pastors on the team here, and at one stage, oh, thanks, Rich, I was the, the um, senior pastor, that's right. Now I'm the assistant pastor. So great to be with you and great to see so many here today, and a special welcome to David and Eileen. Where are you sitting, David and Eileen? Yes, from Rotorua, and your family, all arrived now. That's excellent. They're part of um, Andrew's church in Living Waters there, and some of you would have met Andrew Parrington when we had our recent um, regional day. All right, earlier in the year, oh, I'll just, the, the title of this message is Seasons, Dreams, and Disco Balls, and it will make sense as we go through. I just got to remember to say disco balls, not crystal ball, because sometimes I was saying that, but that's not what it's about. So... Um, it's a bit of a theme been going on for a wee while now in the church around dreams. And, uh, and I can't remember whether it was you, Josh, or Glenn earlier in the year or end of last year talked about writing down our dreams. Was it you? Well, whoever it was, um, Bill Johnson had talked about a similar thing last year. And, uh, and he talked about just writing down everything, not separating out spiritual and other, that was you, following Bill Johnson. Um, so the, the other is not the non-spiritual, because everything about our lives is, is spiritual. You know, we're, we're in Christ, so everything we do is spiritual in that sense. So, um, so we're encouraged to do that, and uh, we were in a place at that stage, I was in a place at that stage, we just were coming out of a difficult season, and didn't really have any energy or enthusiasm to think about dreams. In fact, I didn't think I had any. And so I thought, oh. So I probably left it a couple of days. And I got my piece of paper out, and, uh, and I thought, well, I'll just write down some dreams. Desires. Desires was a better way for me, because there were things that um, I desire. And as Josh said a couple of weeks ago, in order to find the plan of God, I wrote it down. God hides his plan for you in the desires of your heart. That's what you said. And, um, and so it's good to look at those desires. So I began writing some things down. And I didn't have any big BHAGs. Now, I, some of you will know what BHAGs are. Big, hairy, audacious goals. BHAGs. I didn't have any of those. Um, I didn't have anything like winning a million people to Christ or, or um, going to deepest, darkest Africa or anything like that. But first on my list was that um, Pate would come into full healing and restoration. And, uh, and, so, and that's an ongoing process. Um, we trust. It is. And uh, so that's a good thing. And he's, he's looking great. So, so that's awesome. And then I just jotted down other things that I thought about. And on that list, there were things like um, things around family and, and things around um, ministry with supernatural results and stuff like that. But also on that list was a thing about our house because our house was at the very end of the EQC. Some of you still might be at the end of EQC, <laughs> payouts and stuff. But we were right near the end and uh, finally got some, some money and uh, not enough. And so we debated that and it gave us a tiny bit more, but not a great deal. But anyway, I wanted to get the house fixed up. I wanted my cracks to disappear fresh coat of paint on and some stuff done on the outside because maintenance was needed there as well. So that went down on my list. Well, that's one thing that we're just about ticking off, 
But as I was thinking about this the other day, I thought, golly, you know, this, this dream to get the house finished off, um, tidied up, there's been a cost to it. Because as I say, EQC are running out of money when you're at the end of the thing. And, uh, and so we had to top it up quite considerably. And Pete's way of topping it up, and the second point is hard work, I noticed around this desire or dream being fulfilled, he suggested that we could paint the interior upstairs ourselves. He would do the plastering and I'd do the painting. So I thought, oh, okay. And um, I actually quite enjoyed doing the painting. And the time we got to bedroom four, Pete said, well, how about we do the whole interior? We'll do the downstairs as well. And then that money that we would have used, we could use that to get the roof repainted. And I thought, oh, okay. And uh, so we've been on that process. We've got approximately two rooms to go on all of that. So it, it was a cost, it was hard work. But then there was this God's favour thing in there as well. Because if dreams are just cost and hard work, you know, that's not very exciting. So um, the, when the guys doing the exterior, they were to do the roof and the exterior of the upstairs. And it, we still needed to do some more work on the downstairs in order to make ends meet financially. So the guys had started working, and, and I was praying for them this, uh, the first day, I think it was, that they started working, and um, just praying God's favour on them and on the project and the weather and all that kind of thing. At the end of the, about the first week, Mark, who's our painter, Karen's brother, one of Karen's brothers, he came to me and he said, um, it's actually not taking as long as what I thought. Um, he said, I, I really must have overestimated how about we do all of it for you, downstairs as well? I said, would you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do all of that. Are you sure? Haven't you got other jobs you have to go to? No, 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 we'll do this for you. And so we've ended up getting the whole of the exterior done, completed, and don't have to do that part, which is just awesome. So cost, hard work, and God's favour. And there are a couple of other things I would throw in there if we had time, but we're not going to worry about that. So then I began to think, well, maybe the other things on my dream list are going to have cost, hard work, and God's favour. You know, sometimes we think, oh, we just have this big dream, we write about it, and it's just going to happen. We'll just sit and we'll wait for it to happen. It isn't going to happen. As Josh pointed out a couple of weeks ago, when he's talking about the need for us to design our lives or have a life plan, because so many people get halfway through or more and then they don't like what they've done, they don't like who they've become, and they have a plan. And uh, it's much easier to plan when you're younger than to try and pick up when you're a little bit older, but you can do it any time. And some of you might have read, if you read Word for Today, there was a story over two days about this lady called Evelyn Brand just in this last week. Um, the story about Evelyn Brand. Now, Evelyn uh, was a missionary in India with her husband, Jesse. And as they went over, they, Jesse's vision was to reach the people of these mountain ranges called the Mountains of Death. And there were five mountain ranges he wanted to reach and to reach these people who were very poor, didn't know Jesus, and didn't have medicines and stuff. And so they set out to do that. And uh, they had a, a convert early on man who was dying gave his life to Jesus, and then no converts for seven years. Nobody gave their lives to Jesus for seven years. And then 
they began to see people responding to Jesus. Well, that was 13 years, another six years later, so they've been there 13 years now, and Jesse contracted this Blackwater fever, and he died. And, and by now, uh, Evelyn was 50 years of age, and so people said, well, you should go home. Said, I'm not going home. Those mountain ranges are still there. There's five of them. And so she committed to staying on there, and her mission board continued to support her for another 20 years. Now she's 70. And the mission board said, well, we're not going to support you any longer. We think you should go home. She said, I'm not going home. I haven't finished. And so she was determined to stay. So here she is at 70 years of age, had to organize other support and stuff for herself. And, uh, and then she um, got to the stage where um, she needed to get around easily from, the, from village to village, and so she learned to ride a horse. She had a pony. And so she would ride this, this horse, this pony, whatever it was, from village to village, telling people about Jesus, praying for them, giving out medicine, and seeing them healed and stuff like that. So that continued on. At 75, she, she had a fall and she broke a hip. And uh, her, her son, who actually is a famous doctor today, Paul, Paul Brand, a famous surgeon, he said, Mum, you need to come home. She said, no, I'm not going home waited for her hip to heal, got back on the horse and continued going from mountain range to mountain range, village to village. Until at age 93, she could no longer ride a horse. Was she going to go home? No, she wasn't. The men of the uh, area got together, made a stretcher, put her on a stretcher and carried her from village to village throughout the mountains until they had planted on all five mountain ranges a mission work and evangelized those areas. And she added two more villages, two more mountain ranges to that as well. She died in 1974, December 1974. An amazing woman. What a, what a dream, what a desire, what cost, what hard work, and what favor along the way. You know, our, our dreams are made up of seasons. And we need to understand that. And we need to understand that those seasons that we go through all have a purpose and that there's something that needs to be accomplished in each of those seasons in order for us to break into the next season. And that the real key in seeing our dreams and desires fulfilled is understanding this thing around seasons and what it is that God wants to do in each of those seasons. So if you want a point, um, here's a point. We all have appointed seasons to move through, and each one has a purpose. In Greek, there are two key words for time. One is chronos, and the other is kairos. Now, on your wrist, many of you are wearing a thing called a chronometer. That. You call it a watch, because that's a much better word than a chronometer and uh, nobody would know what you were talking about. So the chronos measures degrees of time, duration of time, seconds, minutes, days, months, years, whatever. And we all have a certain number of appointed days, the scripture says. So we have this kind of time. And then there's kairos. So not only does God give us allotted time, in terms of duration and days, he also gives us this thing called these kairoses, lots of them. And that word means, can be interpreted seasons or 
opportunities. So here's Kronos ticking away, and here's all these opportunities. I think of them like great big fat circles of stuff, and exciting stuff inside of them. And uh, we want to fulfill each one of those. Now, here's the challenge. The skill is to, as you're moving through Kronos, to keep moving through your seasons, one after another, after another, after another, so that you don't run out of this before you've finished all of these. You see, the Israelites in the wilderness after leaving Egypt, they had a season in the desert. Now that season was supposed to last just a few days, but it stretched out to 40 years. It stretched out so far that for all of them except two men, this ran out and they had no more seasons. They didn't get, go in the promised land. They didn't get all those seasons that were due for them, that God had lined up for them there. So in our lives, we need to think about, where am I in Kronos at the moment? So let's say we'll get 90 years. We don't know that, but let's say we do. And let's say you're around 40, 45. So you're about halfway through, middle-aged. Halfway through. Um, in terms of Kronos. Now, have a little think about, because it's actually quite easy to work out the Kronos deal. Reasonably easy. What's, what's much harder to work out is your Kairos deal. If we have <coughs> A to Z of Kairoses, seasons, opportunities, how far through those are you? Can't just go to the calendar and work it out, can you? So the way I think of it is in terms of, I look back and I think, yeah, I did that and that and that and that. I feel pretty good about, I have a piece around the stuff that, that God and I have worked through together. That's how I feel about it. So I think that I'm on track. God might have a different opinion, but I think it's that piece that helps us to know. And, you know, it's... It's stepping into some seasons requiring tremendous amount of courage to break into and to step into. There's some other things in there as well. Paul is a good example of a guy who had finished his kairoses before his chronos ran out. Because he said to Timothy, he said, the time for my departure is at hand. I've finished the race. Here he is still talking. So he's finished his race, he's finished all the seasons in his race, but he's still hanging around talking about it. I mean, that's pretty awesome to get to the end and have time left over. That takes a bit of planning and a bit of skill in there, a lot of courage, a lot of persistence, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about Paul in a moment. <clears throat> Oops, just separate these out. Probably gone off track here. So um, I was thinking, Josh talked about too, about freedom and restraint. And, you know, one of the things that stops us, or the thing that stops us from progressing through seasons as God would like us to, there's a list of things. And that might be fear, because it takes courage. It might be disappointment. It might be 
laziness. It might be insecurity. It might be bitterness, unforgiveness. You know, it's really important that we stop every now and again and think, what's my season stopper? What stops me from going into this next season? We need to identify those things and actually face up to them and not let them rule over us. So mine, I just jotted down three of mine that have been things that restrain me from going into new seasons. Fear is the top of the list. Insecurity, pretty close cousin. And unbelief. You need to think about what yours are. If you know what you're fighting, you're not going to fight it properly. So you need to know what's in there. Okay, so we all have appointed seasons to move through. Each has a purpose. And then I discovered, number two, that sometimes God announces your new season and sometimes he doesn't. It's unannounced. And a parallel thought running with that and just a little bit different is that some seasons we choose, you know what the other half of that is, isn't it? Some choose us. And uh, we're not so keen on those ones, not at all. So I was thinking that... um, You know, often a new season begins with a word from God. And I was thinking of some New Testament examples in there. And uh, I'll just grab on one of those. um, And I'll take Paul. Paul, for an example, because we're talking about Paul. Now, Paul was on his way to Damascus, on the Damascus Road one day, breathing out threats, blood on his hands, off to get some more blood on his hands, to line up some more Christians, to herd them off to prison or feed to the lions or whatever. He hated Christians. He hated Jesus. And he has this encounter, an amazing encounter, which you read about um, at least twice in the New Testament. And, And this encounter with God, this voice from heaven, opens up a whole new season. I mean, like, black is now white, white is now black, up is down and down is up. That was a whole new season for him, coming from a word from God. And just one of the seasons that I remember for my life that God did announce was in advance, was in 2001, I was going up to New Life Conference in uh, Palmerston North. And I felt God say to me, and I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like, um, something special is going to happen up at this conference. Uh, I'm going to do something for you or whatever it was. So you know, the antenna are up thinking, what is it, what is it? And uh, while I was at that conference, um, one of the national leadership team came up to me and said, oh, we're just wondering if you would come attend the next national leadership team meeting um, to deputise for so-and-so who can't be there. And I didn't say, no, I'll stop and pray about it, (laughs) because I knew that God had told me something was going to happen. I just knew straight away, this is it. So I said, yes, didn't stop and pray about it. Yes, I would do that. Well, that opened up a season um, of 14 years so far of serving in the national leadership team of New Life through quite a bit of change during that time as well. So that season was announced. But then I've had unannounced seasons as well. And, uh, and I'm sure you have too. You know, if that season had been announced, you probably would have turned and run the other way because it's not attractive. It's not something that you want to go into. And 
this season, it may have be a season that actually chooses you. It may be something that God has planned, or it actually may be something that God hasn't planned. Because there is stuff that happens in our lives that God didn't plan. He didn't organize that. He didn't organize for Pete to be, to be sick. He didn't organize some of those things that happen in our lives. Life throws stuff at us. It's a season that we find ourselves in that we didn't choose. God didn't give us that season, but he will bring good out of any season. He can't be totally defeated. We may feel some defeat and some failure sometimes along the journey, but ultimately God will bring good out of it. And, you know, so we had that season, and as, and as many of you here know, we've just, for our family, just had another season announce itself to us that, um, that we have to work our way through. Another season has confronted our family. But we don't give up in that season, and we continue to find God in that season. And I could, and maybe one day I will, tell you more about the testimony of walking through last year and a bit before that, um, but I'm not, not actually going there today, but I can tell you how dark some of those seasons are, those night seasons. Now, Paul, because we're talking about him, he had a call. In Acts 9.15, it says this, This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. Great call of God. You like that one? Well, like that part. That's not the end of the verse because it goes on. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So God announced Paul's call. He also announced seasons. He said, you're going to have all sorts of seasons. And he went through those things. He went through shipwreck. He went through beatings. He went through imprisonment. He went through feeling hungry. He went through plenty at times. He went through overflow. He went through shipwrecks. I, said, I think I said that. But you notice that sickness is never part of the suffering of Christ, the sufferings, our sufferings for Christ, because Christ has already done that for us. Sickness, never, never, never accept suffering as something that God is putting you through. God does not put sickness on anybody. So that's not on the list at all. And, and Paul had these amazing opportunities, amazing seasons, and he was so proactive about finding his kairoses that he went knocking on doors, pushing on doors. And you can read there in Acts, he thought, I'll go this way. And the Holy Spirit said no. Oh, I'm going to go this way. Holy Spirit said no. And he waited, and then he had a dream in the night, and he was called into the next season. So Paul was very proactive, and, and he learned as he says in um, is it Philippians, he might Philippians, yeah. He said, I've learned how to be content in every situation. I've learned in any and every situation to find God in that. And, and he found himself in prison lots of times, but he didn't sit about thinking, well, God's abandoned me. He just said about writing the New Testament. Why not? Prison's a good place to write the New Testament. Anywhere. And, um, and, and continued leading people to Christ. Just amazing. Somebody said recently, success is how high you bounce after you've hit the bottom. And I think that's great. And Paul was a bouncer. He was an absolute bouncer. He bounced high. Number three, 
very briefly, we need to seek God for some understanding of the season we are in or have just gone through so that we can cooperate with him and have a good outcome out of all that. And, um, you know, there are certain things that God will explain to you only when you take time to be still, Jared talked about, to be still in God's presence. It's the only place you're going to find what you need to know. And Bill Johnson said in a message we heard recently, Pete and I, um, he said this, there are certain things you can only learn in the trenches of your own life. You can't just read about it in somebody else's book and have it take root in your own heart. And you can't have someone come along and lay hands on you and impart that thing. It has to be learned in the trenches of life. And, um, and that's where the disco ball comes in. Because um, I was thinking about, I mean, we really need a really huge one, or we, we need to be really small. If we were really small, you know, we were about half size of even one of these little mirrors here, and we were looking at that mirror, we might see that mirror and two or three around it, but we're not going to see all the others. We're seeing maybe one facet, two facets, three facets. You know, our call, life eternal, is to know God the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Knowing God, there are so many facets. And our experiences in life will enable us to learn to know God, to know more and more facets of God. And not only that, the facets are mirrors. You know, as we know God in any particular area of character or faithfulness or healing or miracles or whatever that facet is, we begin to reflect that same facet. We begin to reflect that part of God. On this journey for Pete and I, I've learned a lot more about the grace of God, what he can do in spite of us and in spite of our failures. And, uh, and I just know that grace is an increasing part of my life that I'll be reflecting that back because I know I need it and I've needed it and be given it. So in our pursuit of dreams, in our life plan, there will be things in our life we didn't plan. There will be seasons that find us. But if we can keep moving through those seasons, believing and looking for God in those seasons, letting, and honestly, when you're in the season, you're not feeling like you're gonna, some of those difficult seasons, you don't know which way is up. It is so dark. You don't know. But one thing I know is that as you come out of those times, God begins to speak to you about what it was about. And understanding begins to come. Understanding begins to come of what he's done in your own heart. He didn't plan a lot of that stuff, but he sure is going to use it, which is totally awesome. So we'll just pop, whoops. You can look after that, Pete. So just in, in closing, you know, the challenge in a difficult season is to stay open to God, not blaming him and not blaming yourself. And that can be much harder than you think. Bill Johnson said this, God counts as victory when you pray again after loss or after disappointment. Realize that you may think, you didn't have victory in that situation. You may think you failed in that situation. But I tell you what, you're back here. You're still coming to God. 
you're still standing with him. You're still trusting him. Hey, that is victory. That is victory. He came back to God in the midst of it. A little while ago, I was watching um, Brian Houston on TV, and, um, and it was like he just absolutely spoke to me. The first of March, it was. And uh, he was talking about Thomas and the disciples when they locked themselves in the upper room, when they were so discouraged because Jesus had been crucified. And they were just so discouraged, locked themselves in. And he talked about the fact that in the midst of crushing disappointment, that's what we often do. We put the walls up, we lock the door, we withdraw. And sometimes we need to do that from people because we just haven't got it in us to keep on interacting. The emotional energy isn't there. But sometimes we do that to God as well. We lock him out because we don't trust him anymore. It hurts to be vulnerable. And you know, the beautiful thing is, in the story of Thomas, that Jesus understood that. He didn't tell Thomas off. Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I can actually touch those wounds. And uh, so what did Jesus do? He gave him an encounter, a revelation. He stood before him and said, Thomas, touch my hands, touch my side. And the first words that came out of Thomas's mouth after he'd done that was, my Lord and my God. You see, difficult seasons, disappointment can take us into removing the lordship of Jesus Christ. Oh, he's still my saviour, but that Lord thing, you're asking too much. But God graciously gives us fresh encounters and we can come back and put Jesus again as Lord. And boy, did the Holy Spirit challenge me on that. I haven't got time to tell you about how it worked out, but it did. And he's Lord again and uh, hope he stays there. <laughs> it's a challenge for us all. We can say the words, but you've got to live it out. Seasons, dreams, and disco balls, it will all come together as we keep moving through. Let's stand. I'd like us to sing that song, um, The God of Angel Armies. And, um, but we're going to do it like this. I just want... Um, There are some people here today and you're going through a difficult season. And what I'm going to invite you to do today is to just come out the front and everybody else is going to sing over you the declaration that God of angel armies is always by your side. They're going to sing it out as if they're prophesying that over you. So if you're in a difficult season, or, or um, have been in one and it hasn't made any sense and you just need to know God afresh in that way, I invite you to come out the front now and, uh, and just come and just stand here and um, we're just going to release the presence of God around your life, the assurance that the God of angel armies, He hasn't abandoned you. He's right there at your side at your side. Some others of you, you need to go away from here today and you've got to think about what's stopping me from going into my next season. So you do that at home. You work that out. But for right now, if you have a struggle, a dark season, a difficult season, a season you don't understand, come and stand up the front 
and uh, we're going to prophesy this over you and pray for you and see God move in and around your life.